dearest listeners, Christopher Saraceno of the Oddly Specific team in your house. We've been off for two weeks as a result of various illnesses and mental disorders. But we're back. And this Tuesday, as in today, we shall reconcile the beginnings of the world's greatest podcast. The greatest ever. The greatest. June 7th. It's a Tuesday. Is it a Tuesday? Yeah, it is a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Welcome to Oddly Specific with your hosts, me, and Christopher me. Saraceno, and Todd. Ma- you? Yes, yes, me. Yes, you. Yes. Yes. Hello, Chris. Great. Hello. Man, we're back. We're back. What is happening? Mm, I was pretty sick. Yeah, what happened? Well, these are the woes of being a parent. It's called norovirus. Okay, I cracked a joke on Facebook about this. Is that the same shit that hit the Princess Cruises or No, but you got if you say the word shit when we're telling the story, you gotta fucking go no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um my one of my kids got sick and then three days later the other kid got sick and I stayed home from work for a few days to tend to my sick children. And I was like, I'm in the clear. I got the immune system of a 40-year-old man. I got no problems. I have flu shots. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the woods. I'm fine. And then what happened? And then I got fucking really sick. Like, the worst <laughs> sickness I've ever did, like dealt with and like, ever. Like, definitely the worst flu I've ever had in, like, 25 years. I don't want to get too graphic here, but what kind of symptoms did you have? Just fever, chills, uh, like, vomiting. Uh, just, I don't want to get too graphic either, but it was bad. Like it was I, bad. Okay. I was living in the bathroom. Like, let's just put it that way. Living in the bathroom. Living in the bathroom every day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what else happened? Like, what did you do in your, in your well, degeneracy, if that's I, a word? Yeah, it was, no, I was in pain. It was bad, man. I was like, you know, the worst part about it is like when your kids are sick, you always feel bad because you're like, all right, toughen up. Time to toughen up. God damn it. You have no fever. I understand you got bad diarrhea and you're vomiting every five minutes and all you want to eat is strawberries, but tough it up. So, okay. So they got over this and then you were left in a, in a puddle basically. Fuck. I was sick, man. I was badly sick. I was, I was like for one day I was like, maybe I should go to the hospital. (laughs) Like sick. Well, I remember there was one of those days before you got sick, and mm-hmm. I showed up at your house. Mm-hmm. I had to pick up a like an SD card or something from yeah, you, yeah. and you were like, "Don't worry, I got this. I'm not sick at all." Yeah. And you handed me that SD card, and I put that shit, no pun intended, on quarantine. Like I got home. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was terrified. The second you said your kids had norovirus, I was like, "No, I'm not getting this." You didn't get sick though. No, I didn't get sick. Oh, thank good, goodness. thank God, because I don't wish that on that SD card is anybody. sitting upstairs. On lockdown. <laughs> it's in a plastic bag. It's worse than that. <laughs> Where is it? I, I, Howie Mandel, that thing. It, it was <laughs> sanitized. Speaking Don't of which, I gave you two SD cards and you didn't give me one back. Yeah, I know. But it's upstairs. Don't oh, worry. Okay, good. You can I'll, take your... I'll take the norovirus SD <laughs> card back. So anyway, we haven't done the podcast in a couple of weeks. Nope. This is volume five. Yes. Um, a lot of shit has gone down in two weeks, man. You've been all over Facebook, Chris. And Fuck, I'm sorry. I am okay. Yes, I have been blowing up on Facebook. I went from being fucking totally pissed off and terrified about this U.S. election shit. Okay, I was genuinely worried 
and terrified of this Donald Trump momentum. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? I've gotten a bit of relief from it in the last five days because I think he's going down hard. Uh, so the most recent thing, I guess, was his comments about the judge, right? Dude, there's the judge, yeah. Alfonso Curiel. But that's the latest that's happened. That's the latest. But then he made a comment three days ago about like, I also think if it was a Muslim judge, they would also be prejudicial against me. So basically... It was just like essentially racist and racisty. And um, uh, I th- I thought the turning point with this U.S. presidential election stuff was Hillary's, Hillary's speech in San Diego. Okay. The foreign policy speech in San Diego. That's, that's what made me go, chill out, she's got this. Mm-hmm. And she needs to have this. Okay. But I honestly think that Hillary Clinton is going to eat... Donald Trump's breakfast, lunch and dinner, and then she's going to eat his face if they get down to like the general election. I think she's going to like play some serious fucking politics with the guy. I think I think that's why I asked you that question before. You know, mm-hmm. were were the pollsters just throwing up a warning to the establishment mm-hmm. to try to shake things up, but <clears throat> really when it comes down to it, will they vote another way? Dude, I I have been mentally considering this the Battle of Hogwarts for all intents and purposes. <laughs> Please explain. Well, just because it, it just seems like there's so many patterns of this kind of thing, right? Okay. You know, I think, I think we, the, we touched on this once, but, you know, the, like Star Wars yeah. in many ways was based on World War II. Okay. And Hitler. <laughs> okay. You know, and like the Third Reich and the Nazis and the, you know, the overtaking of Europe almost and you know, the world almost. And then the, you know, the allied forces come together and defeat the enemy. You know, it's that kind of thing. Okay. And I think history has a way of like repeating these types of things, but you even have... if they're microcosms of the second world. But you're, you're not explaining your Hogwarts thing. Like are people well, yelling Patronus? No, I just, I think that Trump represents a, um, for all intents and purposes, he's the Voldemort, obviously, of this story, mm-hmm. um, which is a ill-tempered, emotionally reactive, um, you know, powerful, monetarily powerful person, an influentially powerful person, but somebody who is ultimately incapable of um, not consuming themselves. Okay, let's put it that way. So let's say he fails, mm-hmm. you know, after the election. What do you think happens? Do you think there's any repercussions with his business life? Do you think there? I are... don't see how there can't be. I mean, like the like Trump went from being somebody who kind of was, I think, perceived as a bit of a centrist politically. But I think in in reality, anybody who's ever dealt with the guy knew that he was a piece of shit. But I think I don't see how the Trump brand can bounce back from this racism stuff man i mean like he's he is being vilified by the world he might be winning with like conservatives and evangelicals right now but i think the thing that bothers me the most is like what the fuck paul ryan what a fucking dick that guy yeah, is yeah you were and super Chris Christie. about that I just, yeah. well no it's it's just like mitt romney well for it, all of his mitt romney's fail let me just say this okay. for all of mitt romney's failings at least he had the fucking balls to go yeah, fuck this. I don't give a sh- I don't care who the guy is. I'm a conservative. Yeah, you might be a conservative, but you're also a fucking dick and a racist and a chauvinist and a sexist and just an like an awful person. You're an awful man. So I don't care if you're my party's nominee. I think you're an asshole. And at least Mitt, Mitt Romney had the the balls to go. Sorry, I can't get get behind this guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But fucking Paul Ryan and Chris Christie and his stupid wife and like every other fucking conservative Ben Carson like everybody who's endorsing Donald Trump 
is going to be, I said this today on Facebook, they're going to be fucking changing their fucking last name in 20 years from now when this page of history gets turned because they're going to be like, oh, yeah. You know, like the grandkids of these people are going to go like, yes, my grandfather and grandmother endorsed Donald Trump. So what what exactly calmed you down? Like what what's given you just hope? Hillary's speech in San Diego? I was I was also extremely pissed off, I admit, and very emotional about Bernie Sanders not bowing out at this point. Yeah. And I've been reading a lot of stuff about like Bernie Sanders supporters. These, some of these like these fringe Bernie Sanders supporters who claim they're Bernie Sanders supporters physically assaulting people at Trump rallies. I don't know if you've been hearing hearing about this. They're calling them Bernie bros. So is that is that verified? Like, is that actual? Well, verified as much as the Washington Post would verify, which I would I would assume it's they're they're people who are stating that they align themselves. With so generally, there's just violence erupting at multiple rallies. Like well, this yeah. Is, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's like people are people are pretty into people this are one, upset eh? about shit right now. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I just mean that people are really into this this election. Like, this is a polarizing, crazy. It seems to be. I don't because yeah. I, I don't know what to make of this shit, man. Like, part of me is like, this is a big fucking. Th- this is a puppet, like a puppet theater. It's a cr- like craftfully orchestrated, you know, plan <laughs> by the liberals, by the Democrats to put the most fucking biggest pos on the other side just to like highlight how much the conservative movement has fallen off the fucking cliff you know wow i i don't you know i don't know i mean that would be some fucking that would be some next level fucking planning but <laughs> yeah, like you know yeah. what's the word i'm looking for that'd be some like El- emperor palpatine level shit you know <laughs> i will wait 40 years for the development of all these political events and wait in the shadows. It's like Ra- Ra's al Ghul. How's the newspaper <laughs> business going? <laughs> so, anyway, I was, yeah. I, I was thinking about that this week. I can't remember what it was. Something prompted that. But, like, do people get newspapers anymore? I don't think so. But Does that happen? Are well, there newspaper boxes? I haven't looked. but my, uh, Well, I think people still read the paper. But, but like, on their iPads and shit like that. But, I mean, you know what, man? I still read the Ottawa Sun here and there. Online? No, I, like if I'm getting gas, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick up a sun for 25 cents. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, when I smoked, I used to always like get the sun, put it on the hood of my car, have a have a <laughs> cigarette and drink a coffee. <laughs> wow. You know, I, that was my but routine. Does that still happen though? I, 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 think, I don't. I think so. I think, you know, I think, I think some people still buy, just very, very fewer people purchase newspaper, yeah. newspapers, you know? Yeah. There's really no practical reason to buy a newspaper. We all have smartphones tethered to our faces. Yeah, so it's really, yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of bananas a little bit, but, uh, man, some other fucking crazy shit happened. What? In the last couple of weeks. Um, I saw X-Men Apocalypse. I've heard only bad things about this film. <sighs> yeah, man, I don't know. It was kind of weird. It's like, uh, this is overwhelmingly what I felt when I saw the film. Okay. I was like, okay, right off the bat, uh, I felt that Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, to a lesser degree, mm-hmm. were like clearly contractually obligated to be in this film. <laughs> they they looked they looked very unenthused okay. to be in X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, they got Apocalypse wrong. Like my my, I think Brian Singer made a valid like a valid a valiant attempt. Okay. But. Like first of all, Oscar Isaac is like five foot five. Okay. Well, I I also wasn't a big fan of how they you know his makeup. I thought I thought it looked yeah. pretty terrible. It was, it was kind of weird, man. Yeah. I mean, you know what? In in an age where like you know Thanos and the Hulk in the MCU yeah. are like 
you know, very believable CGI. Yeah. Just fucking make Apocalypse. Le- why the fuck did you make up the guy? Mm-hmm. Why why would you take a like a an actor? Yeah, like Oscar Isaac, who's a great actor. Yeah, and like, he's, but he's kind of short, right? Like, why would you get him up in something all? Hokey like that, and like it, it looks hokey. I'm it looks sorry. hokey. That's that, and I and you know the 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 movie had a a very um, I thought the movie had a very well executed eighties vibe. Okay, definitely like they got the the period down. Like know? Candy in the Backbeat was playing in the background. No, but it was just it felt like I was watching a two hour episode of Saved by the Bell. Like I'm totally it, gonna go download Candy in the Backbeat's entire back catalog. After you should this. do that. We yeah. could be lovers. Imagine. <laughs> anyway. Go ahead, sorry. Shit, two hits. Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I also kind of felt like the story was a little weak. Like, uh, did you ever read the Apocalypse storylines and X-Factor and the X-Men? My only foray into that whole story was whatever appeared on that cartoon that was on Saturday morning. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. Apocalypse is actually a very... Powerful, right? Vi- like, it's extremely a- powerful character. Yep. And is, like, supremely technologically advanced. And it's just, like, a, all around, like like an extreme conqueror. Like okay. he's in my view anyway, he's kind of on like the Thanos level. Is he an know? omega level mutant? He is. Okay. He's a he's well, he's he's definitely up there. Okay. So so anyway, all this to say I just thought it was um it just the the franchise felt like it just kind of ran out of steam with this film. You know? uh, that's the reason it, I mean it wasn't the regular Todd Matson I'm just not going to see that. It was I I didn't care like i don't i don't care about it i i to be yeah. honest with you i'm just i'm I, i'm i'm sick of those movies in that i go and i watch them and it's mm-hmm. like oh this again yeah i don't know man it's it's like overall I, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine recently because i still can't get over the fact because while i was sick by the way i watched batman versus superman like another four times <laughs> okay and Again, not a fantastic film. Do you think it was better than X-Men Apocalypse? Yes. Okay. Overwhelmingly, I thought okay. it was way better than X-Men Apocalypse. And how are the reviews for X-Men Apocalypse? Not good. It's like, but they're but, getting better reviews than Batman v Superman. So okay. um, this is what I mean is I think I think there's a bit of a movement right now, like with the critics anyway, with the critical community, mm-hmm. that like comic book movies are kind of calling it in a bit. They're like, they're they're like, okay. Enough's listen, enough, sort of. Enough's thing. enough time to cull the like the field to some degree like the mcu is, has definitely set the bar for these things to okay, a huge yep. degree like those films and the and that in that universe and how they're telling that story in the in the movies is definitely like a an evolving series of stories and they're and they're really putting a lot of emphasis on how they execute the story and how they pull it off and i think that that's the that's the gold standard for how you're going to do a comic book movie well that's uh, another set of big news is mm-hmm. that for thor ragnarok it's gonna be thor and hulk yeah ruffalo is gonna be in that yep and that they're incorporating portions of the planet and world war hulk series i yeah. don't know if you read those yes that's fucking badass yes i also read that jeff goldblum is yeah going to be um a villain in this film yeah. and kate blanchett's also in this film okay as well. wow so that should be pretty good Who i don't know who's directing the film but um I'm I'm sure that'll it'll it'll be pretty good. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway. So watch that. I was just kind of un, unenthused with that. And uh, but there is a super badass sequence in X Men Apocalypse that involves Wolverine. Okay. I'll tell you that, and it's fucking 
awesome. It's awesome? <laughs> yeah. So is this his last movie, or has he got one more? No, him? he's got a standalone, but they're going to do, like... And this is the other thing about Fox, and I'm just kind of like, ah, fuck, really? Like, you know, they made Deadpool R-rated, right? And it went yep. on to make, like, $800 million. Okay. You know, almost a billion dollars. And that's great and fine, right? Oh, I saw it, by the way. Oh, and what did you think? I thought it was very funny. What did you think of it as a film? Um, I thought it was great. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. You liked it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, good. I I had I had read some of the comics previously, and I had played the game, obviously, which was hilarious. Oh, there's a like um, Deadpool game. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's voiced by uh, Nolan North. I don't know who, if you know who that is. Sounds familiar. He's the same guy that voices basically everyone. Okay. In all good games. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'd played that before, so um, I sat down, I gave it a watch, and uh, yeah, I'd probably give that one eight or a nine out of ten. Oh yeah, it was it was good. It was a good film. Yeah, there was not a lot of story to it. If you want, if I'm gonna be completely honest, yeah. it kind of didn't need it, you know. Yeah, the, it really didn't. It, it was... didn't really need it because the character is such a fucking maniac. Yeah. He's like a schizophrenic, you know, delusional insane character so it almost seemed like sketch comedy you know what i mean yeah. just going from one yeah area. the only thing about that film was that the torture scenes were difficult i found the torture scenes to be pretty fucking crazy anything where spoiler alert where people are suffocating i can't yeah. i don't like that yeah it was pretty uh, crazy it was yeah. like that was intense yeah but uh but yeah it was a good movie but anyway all this to say i watched some movies watched some television yep uh watched watched a bit of chef's table on netflix uh, waiting my way through the rest of Daredevil season two, which is excellent so okay. far. Uh, while I dealt with my illness, with my virus, um, I the virus with my virus. Um, surprisingly, my wife was like, uh, my stomach was really upset, right? And she was like, and I was like, oh man, and she was like, you should take some Imodium. And I was like, what's Imodium? Did, do you know even know what Imodium is? Yeah, I guy, do. I I didn't even know this shit existed up before Saturday. Uh, yeah, I've only I've never taken it, but I've heard about it, and I've heard that it's like basically the pill equivalent of a cork. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I just I I was like, you kid, you got to be kidding me. Uh, this is a miracle medication. How long has this shit been around? When did it get patented? It's like fifty years. Like what? A long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fucking penicillin or some shit. I don't know. So anyway, that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, watched Goodfellas while I was sick, just for the shits and giggles. I could watch that movie on loop forever. Yeah, I could watch the movie every day. I don't even know why. I, I mean, it's, I mean either. It's a good. It's a good movie, but I don't know why I'm so enamored with that character. I know it's. I, I I'm just enamored with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, this looks fun and just interesting, and I always think back to that scene when he walks up the driveway after the guy's been hassling his girlfriend, and he just. His hair is all, gets all messed up, and he <laughs> takes out a gun and beats the guy in the face. And oh, I'm yeah. like, he just Karen, looks, Karen. Well, it, it's just it's one of those weird characters where you empathize with him, but he's mm -hmm. not a good person. You no, know? no, he's not a good person at all. Yeah, Henry Hill. You know the funny thing is he's um, I followed Howard Stern on Facebook, so I'm always getting the timeline stuff from Howard Stern. Yeah, and Henry Hill was like always on the Howard Stern show. Really, man, have you ever listened to Howard Stern? No, he's like a killer interviewer, and he's, I, re I he's remember got crazy guests all the time. I remember when you told me to watch Private Parts, funny movie, and I was like, man, I don't know, I'm not a fan of Howard Stern or whatever. And you're like, no, watch this movie, and I watch it. It's a hilarious movie. Yeah, I love that. Very movie. funny. I'm I, to be honest, I I have no clue. I've never listened to his show. I but uh, you know. 
I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's good. Well, there's th- there's things about Howard Stern that I don't find very funny, but okay. like you know, his humor is kind of touch and go for me. But I just find the interviews are really good, and he's got some like the whack pack shit is just off the chain. It's he's like, uh funny. he's pretty fearless as an interviewer, right? Like he'll yeah, ask like, anything. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, like get Paul McCartney on. <laughs> okay, because I have Sirius XM in the in my car, and I remember like listening to Howard Stern. And it was like a highlight of his interview with Paul McCartney quite a few years back. Yeah, and um. He's like, what was it like having sex with her with the leg, with the no leg thing? Like, you know, what would you do? You know, this was an actual yeah, question he was that like, happened. Yeah, he was he was joking with him, but he, he asked him that. And um, how did he react to that? That's crazy. Well, that's what I mean. Is like, he, like when you're on Howard Stern, I guess he kind of disarms you because he's so influential as the king of all media, right? Wow. But the worst is when he had Scott Weiland on from STP. Oh, wow. Man, and he was calling Scott Weiland. I don't know shit. Because Scott Weiland was, like, late by half an hour into mm-hmm. the show, which fucked them all up. And yeah. Robin was pissed off and stuff. And then and Howard's like, you know, Scott, like, you disappoint everybody in your life. When are you going to get a clue and realize that you're just pissing people off all the time? Because yeah. you're totally unreliable. Yeah. And it's not a question. It's because you choose to be unreliable. Yeah. And he was like confronting him about this shit. And I was just like, wow, this is really ballsy. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. It was interesting. So, anyway, I don't know. Is how he I... arrogant, though, on air? Like, is, uh, like... no, not no? really. He's like, he's a pretty kind of just regular dude, right? But he's, you know, he's just a huge celebrity. So, did, did you hear about that Paul McCartney news this week? No, what happened? Um, so there was a base that was mm-hmm. stolen from right. him back oh. in the cavern days in ottawa right yeah did you hear about this that I it, it may be it. in ottawa in the Where? possession of this shadowy collector really? i don't know really? i don't know i guess some guy heard a rumor and started tracking this thing down but uh yeah this base could you imagine if this base was found then how much that thing would be worth so yeah right. it was a base that he used during like his shows back in when they were doing shows in the cavern that was stolen and uh yeah there's rumors that it's sitting here in ottawa of all places like on walkley road yeah <laughs> at some guy's house there, there's like weird things that happen I'm, I'm gonna tell you a quick story here okay mm-hmm. so um it turns out i have a weird connection to eric clapton did i ever tell you this what yeah no you never told this to me so uh i mean i won't get into huge details there's some personal stuff How? or whatever but what? wait a second i mean what yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. So it turns out, like, um, my cousin uh, dated this guy, uh-huh. and he played guitar. He was a, a good musician. I never met the guy, uh, but he was a good musician. And I don't know what happened exactly, but it ended up being that this guy was Eric Clapton's long-lost brother. Did you hear this story? It was all over the news. No. So Eric Clapton, um, his father... I have to make sure I get this right. His father uh, spent time or what? I can't remember exactly. Either was Canadian or spent time in Canada as a soldier. Okay. Had this guy. and Yeah, so he was Eric Clapton's half-brother. And it ended up that this guy was dating my cousin for a while. What? Yeah, it was super weird. I have no idea. What ex- the fuck? It's just what? a quick aside. I mean, I don't okay. have too many more details than That's that. That's a quick but... aside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, not a quick aside. So we, like we'd a... always talk. Like, I remember my dad talking about him or like the family talking about him and uh, saying like, you know, yeah, it just sort of him being on the periphery. And I okay. don't think I, I, they're not together anymore. 
uh, I think it's kind of a sad story. I think he ended up sort of addicted to drugs on the streets of Vancouver. Ah, uh, brutal. Yeah, but um, he tried reaching out, and I guess, you know, like any normal person, Eric Clapton said, like, okay, we, you know, maybe we'll talk, but let's do this privately, right? Mm. That's a reasonable request. So I don't know if they ever connected or ever spoke, but uh, that's crazy, man. Man, we found this out later on, and I was like mind blown because that's fucking crazy. But you know what? What I'm gonna tell you something. Yes, I kind of believe that what you just said. Okay, you know why? Why? Because I don't know if I ever told you this story, but this is a real fucking story. I'm not. Well, I'm if not, you don't believe me, look no, it up, man. No, no, no. I believe you. His name was Ted, I think. Ted Clapton? Not Ted Clapton. It was oh. Ted. Well, or maybe Eric Clapton's father was here. Uh, anyway, we'll look at it. I'll, I'll post a link. I'll see if I can find an that's article always, about it. That's always how I imagine long-lost siblings like finding out that they're related to each other. My name's Eric Clapton. I'm a celebrity guitar player. I'm an amazing guy. I was a member of Cream, and I wrote Tears of Heaven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then like he's like randomly on a vacation in the Dominican, and he meets like somebody who looks like him. Jim Clapton. G- Kevin Clapton. God damn, we're both related. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> but let me tell you why I believe what you're saying. Okay. And like it's reminding me of a story of my own. I um I remember playing in a band. I played in I played in this local Ottawa band called the Setbacks for a long period of time. Yes. And we played New Year's Eve at Zayfods one year. Yes. And this girl approached us. It was like a big party, like, you know, this is like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And this girl approached us. And I remember remarking about how much this girl looked like like somebody. You know what this ever happened to you? You see somebody, you're like, who the fuck does that person remind me of? Yeah, yeah. I can't pull it out of my mouth immediately, but that person definitely evokes the image of another person yeah. in my head when I think about it. They share genes with they someone. They share that genes I've seen. with somebody, right? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this that woman's got like that girl's got like raven hair, like it's been dyed black, you know. Okay. And she's got like squinty eyes and like kind of like an upturned nose. And I was like, God damn, was like, who does she look like? And then so Steve Buscemi, like, who? well, no, but like it was like <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really describing the person I'm about to reveal. But anyway, we ended up talking to this girl. She's like, oh, I'm really into the music and like. Happy New Year and shit like that. Oh, by the way, I'm Mick Mars's daughter. What? Mick Mars from Motley Crue. Yeah. And we were like, what? And me and like my friend Trevor and Steve and Paul, the guys in the band. Did you guys flip out? Well, yeah, kind of. I really flipped out because I was a huge Motley Crue fan. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, this is, that's too random of a character for this not to be true. Right. (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck? So I was like, like we were, you know, kind of pulling more information out of it. We were like, what? What are you doing in Ottawa? That's really She's like, weird. Well, I was born here. I was my my dad, who is McMars of Motley Crue. He like met my mom in Ottawa on a tour stop in the eighties, and like I guess what her mom was a groupie or whatever, and they hooked up, and her mom had her, and McMars has been supporting her for like at that point for like twenty that is some odd weird. years. Yeah. Okay, but this is the thing. She looked exactly like McMars, okay. just like a woman. Okay. Like, and I and I was like, I I immediately believed her. I was like, no, I know this is Mick Mars's kid. Yeah, like you could yeah. sense the Mars. Well, she looked so much like him; it was unbelievable. Okay, yeah. And she was like, okay, who would make that up? Like, I know, yeah, if that... I was gonna be someone's kid, I'd be like, I am a John Hurt's kid. John Hurt. I don't know how to say that because I was listening to something about John Hurt. But I'd be like a notable celebrity. You know what? It, it, there was actually another time that something weird happened at a set, setback show. 
What? Um, wasn't there a night that you guys were playing and like some of the killers walked in? Oh, yeah. That happened, too. That was weird. Ronnie Venucci, the drummer for the Killers, walked in. I was like, holy fuck, who's... Oh, it's Ronnie Venucci for the Killers! Wasn't that at the Dominion? Weren't you playing at the yeah, Dominion? Yeah, we were playing at the Dominion, and they had just played a show mm-hmm. at, I guess, uh, it wasn't the Corral Center, but it was like a big venue at the time. But this is when Hot Fuss was blowing up, yeah, right? Yeah, Hot Fuss was like popular, but yeah. it was at the beginning the of the beginning, popularity. Yeah. Yeah, and the Killers had just played a show. I think it was at the Capitol Music Hall when that existed. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and anyway, Ronnie Venucci and the guitar player, this fucking the guy. I just remember the guitar player looked like the fucking good guy in the Last Starfighter. <laughs> Alex Rogan. Alex Rogan. Alex Rogan. <laughs> Alex Rogan. You oh, are the uh... Last Starfighter, Alex Rogan. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Yes. What was the name of the alien who trained him? Grig. Grig. Who? Use Death Blossom. Use the Death Blossom. <laughs> you know who Grig was? What actor played Grig? Oh, yeah. I totally Dan Hurley. Yeah. Oh, Hurley. <laughs> yeah. Better known as the old man from OCP in Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> really? That was, yeah, yeah man. that totally makes sense. IMDb that shit, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. Grig was oh, the man. president and CEO uh, of OCP. Wow. I just turned into Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so so I remember the killers walked in. That was really weird when that happened. And every I remember it was strange because you're right. It was right as that record was blowing up. Mm-hmm. And there, every, there was just this whisper across the crowd like, yeah. hey, man, isn't that, you know. Yeah, it was the fucking Ronnie Venucci and the Super fucking weird. Alex Rogan from the fucking Killers. So, uh, for the listeners, you know, who may not be here, briefly describe the Dominion. The Dominion is a piece of Ottawa history, a piece of Bytown history. It is a drinking hole in the uh, Byward Market, better known um, as a, a bit of a dive bar. It's a dive bar, but it's also a music venue. But it's it's just famous for its pickled eggs. It's very working class vibe. Um, good crowds, good crowds, a lot of rock shows, a lot of punk shows. You know, if you wear a chain linked up to your wallet, that's where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. Drink 50, drink quarts of beer, drink pints of beer, whatever the case is. If you like mirrored walls. Yeah. It's a hole in the wall bar, but it's like a famous bar mm-hmm. and it's kind of like Ottawa's CBGB's. Yeah. You know, we've seen quite a few shows there. Yeah. We've seen, I've, I've seen some killer shows there, but, yeah. uh, can we just go back to this Mick Mars thing for yes, Mick, Mick Mars' daughter? I just I gotta, I gotta get this off my chest. That, where what where were you guys playing? At, that the, show? at Zayfods. At we Zayfods. Zayfods. Okay. It's fucking Mick Mars's daughter. Like I just remember her going, like, I'm Mick Mars's kid. And I was like, What? And I'm like, and on top of this, it's unbelievable that your dad hooked up with your mom and then had you, and your dad's just been sending you money. Like, so were they close or apparently, like, not really. Like she was like, you know, whenever I would talk to him like once or twice a year and I would see him like once every few years, you know, if he was playing in Toronto or in Montreal, he would like be like, hey, come down and see me and he'd fly her down and stuff like that. Did but, she say whether she was always aware that he was her father? Like where it was a calm. It was a pretty brief conversation in a loud club, but based okay. on what I could gather, she saw her dad like once or twice a year. Okay. Whenever he was in Canada, he would fly her down. If he was in Ottawa, he would see her, but wasn't very often. Okay. But he paid for her university. He had bought her a house. Uh, he took care of the mom and he apparently was like, by all accounts, like uh, financially involved. It sounded like. Okay. But, you know, she said that she had, like, 
you know, other siblings that she had never met and stuff like that. So it's really weird. Yeah. But I was just, I was alarmed because I was like, fuck, you look so much like your dad. Like, like, you know, your dad at his height for me was like, you know, the fucking, you know, you remember when Mick Mars wore the, the he kind of had this, the makeup look that all the guys had. Right. Yeah. But Mick Mars had very prominent like teeth. You know, <laughs> okay. and kind of like a Neanderthal mouth to some degree. <laughs> so I just remember, like, you know, Mick Mars in, in the video for "Smoking in the Ballroom." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "I go smoking in the balls." You know, so and he's like shredding. Yeah. So that's the thing. It, it was she looked like that, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like no one would make this up. No one would be like, "Oh, I'm Mick Mars's kid." Mick yeah. Mars, like that's it's just too random of a character, right? So I knew she was telling the truth. So that was weird. Yeah, that was bizarre. I have another story involving people saying that they are uh, something they are not. Tell me. Lay it on me, Alex Rogan. You're very, very familiar with this story. Okay, go. And it involves... <laughs> what? <laughs> Alice in Chains. I don't think I'm... Shut up, you know exactly what I'm talking Man, about. Man, I'm Hey, sorry. everybody, I'm the drummer from Alice in Chains. Oh, fuck <laughs> off with this shit already. <laughs> fuck you. I did that like once. I know, but it was funny. Fuck you, so why, don't you why don't you tell the story, Chris? I, I One time I got really fucking wasted. I told somebody I was a drummer from Alice in Chains. And I think they believed you. That was the funniest Yeah, part. well, I wasn't expecting them to believe me. <laughs> I don't remember where we were. Where yeah, were we? I can't remember either. Fuck. But it, I think you were trying to use it like to get a seat or something or... Something like that, probably. Anyway, they believed you, and I was blown away by this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, your drum, I'm, you know, I'm just in town and playing a show. Really? Right this way. You look nothing like the drummer from Alice in Chains. I think oh. at that point you were wearing like a Dinosaur Junior t-shirt and oh, like cargo yeah. shorts. Oh, the, <laughs> my fabled purple Dinosaur, t- dinosaur Junior t-shirt. Yes. It's you know, great. it's funny. Dinosaur Junior. I used to really like Dinosaur Junior. I know. I, um, I saw, Dino- well, Jay Mascus. Is, is it Mascus or Massus? I don't know. Probably Massis, but the the main guy in Dinosaur Jr. in Austin at South by. Yep. Uh, for the first time about five years ago, mm-hmm. and he, dude, he looks like Saruman. You know, from what do you mean from like Lord of the Rings? Is it Saruman? <laughs> like Christopher Lee? Like yeah, like he's got like <laughs> long white, like Leslie Nielsen white long hair. <laughs> okay. Like stri- straight as a Native American, like, like just like Finn Rizel White. Yeah, it was bizarre, but it's like Jay Massis, Mascus, Missus, okay, whatever, but just with white hair. So it's, it looks like the, the fucking Balrog ate him, and then he was reincarnated <laughs> to be Jay Mascus the White. Man, do you know who Finn Rizel is? I just cracked that, and you were kind Finn of... Finn Rizel, I don't know who Finn Rizel is. Man from Willow, remember? The Finn. old lady, she had like, oh, yeah, pure yeah. white hair. Jay Mascus. Willow! Yeah, Willow. Willow! Wasn't she also the ghost at the beginning of Ghostbusters in the library? That Yeah, maybe. Who was that? That was awful. I, I, that was terrifying. Yeah, that was awful. Speaking of which, why is everybody freaking out about this new Ghostbusters movie? I don't know. I don't have know. you been reading about this? Like, I mean, what, holy shit. To be honest with you, I'm really not that passionate about movies, so I don't understand how people can get... Like, give give things a chance, you know? Yeah. I And people will probably get mad at me, but I don't demand a lot from movies. <laughs> I don't. What? I'm sorry. I don't. I don't demand a lot from movies. If I go and, and, you know, I'm able to just sit back and relax and enjoy something and be entertained, that's good enough for me. I'm not like one of these 
plot holes in you know i, I don't study things i don't uh you well, know i'm not a super fan of any real film franchise i guess well um so i basically i'm saying i'm i don't understand why people are freaking out about this it's just the trailer you know why why what are people saying um what are they saying yes they are saying um Oh, they're just hating on the movie because it's it's not even out. It's Lady Ghostbusters. And Shut it, up! It looks funny. I, to me, it looks funny, and, and you know, I don't know. It's 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 weird, man. These fanboys and like just I don't know why people are freaking out about the fact that they just recast everything uh, with women. You know, like these are funny women. Why well, is this SNL alumnus women? Yeah, I, well, I, except I don't Melissa get it. McCarthy. I don't but, get it. I, I really yeah. don't get it. You know, is it because was, is it because know. Dan Aykroyd talked about it for the entire like four hundred years? You know, he's been like, yeah, there's gonna be a three, there's gonna be a three for fifty million. Yeah, years. I guess. But so everyone was expecting the original cast. Well, you know, then guess Her- what? Harold Ramis died. Yeah. yeah, like it's not gonna happen. Sorry, guys. Like, and then Ernie Hudson died. So did he really? No. Oh yeah, no, he didn't. Why do you Sorry. do these? Things Sorry, so? I didn't. I thought he did. <laughs> I thought he did because he hasn't fucking done anything in twenty five. What's the last thing Ernie Hudson did? I don't know. No one knows because he didn't done shit. He's yeah. he's selling selling State Farm insurance somewhere. Man, I loved. Uh, okay, so I loved Ghostbusters. Mm. I'll see this movie. I don't. I I'm excited to see this movie because I enjoy the franchise. Yeah, I'm gonna go see it. But you my know? kid, my kids think it looks hysterical. So yeah, that's enough for me. People you know? are freaking out. People are free. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with people, but I'll I'll tell you. Sometimes this outrage on the internet is like legitimate it's it's like warranted but how much of it is okay i'm, I'm not na- talking again, about movies by the way i know i'm naive how much okay so there's you know there's you people, know what i'm talking about what out, internet outrage yeah yeah so i guess what i'm saying is i wonder how much of it is sparked by people who are just trying to spark outrage you know well yeah i mean <laughs> generally speaking facebook and twitter are places for people to like fucking take a shit over the stupidest of things but the thing I'm specifically referring to, I don't like the other big news in the last few weeks has been Gord Downey from the tragically hip having terminal brain cancer. Have you heard oh, yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, that's okay, so that's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's okay? crazy. Um, and the only reason you're just reminding me of that is because you said Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Um, and he's you know been aligned with the tragically hip for a number of years. Yeah. But uh, the warranted outrage on the internet has been over this fucking tragically hip ticket fiasco. Have you been hearing about this? Yeah. Guy. What the fuck is going on with StubHub and Ticketmaster? People were waiting for a long time to purchase these tickets to this last tour, and these fucking ticket bots just bought everything up to resell them off the ticket sites. Is that so? That's confirmed. Like, do you know oh, yeah, anyone dude, that got tickets? No, I don't know a single person. All I know is like about thirty people in my timeline on Facebook were like, "Fuck this, Ticketmaster! Fuck you, StubHub! Like, what's the point of waiting online to purchase these things?" When no one can get them, it's so dumb. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's a very sad situation. I think I asked you this on a previous podcast, but have you have you seen the movie One Week? No. So he's in that movie. Who Gordani? Yeah, and it's it's kind of haunting watching his scene because he plays a cancer survivor in it. Really? Yeah, he plays a cancer survivor, and he's sort of a uh, a character that sort of steps into the movie briefly to egg. Uh, the main character on to keep going on his journey so 
You should watch this scene, man. It, it's it's. I watched it again after. Is that the movie with Joshua, Joshua Jackson? Yeah. Uh, so everyone makes fun of it. It's like, oh, Pacey on a motorcycle. I, you know what? In in the grand scheme of Canadian movies, I actually like that movie. Really? Yeah. It's, okay. All right, you know, all right. It's it's a very simple movie. I'll check it's, it out. Yeah, check it out. And it, it, um, Joel Plaskett's in it. M. Griner's in it. Uh, it's like a love song for Canada. It's a Canadiana movie. Yeah, yeah, I and that's part of the reason I enjoyed it. He he rides a motorbike. After being diagnosed with a horrible disease from, Does I he think die? it's I think it's from Toronto to uh, the coast of BC. Does he make it? Uh, I won't spoil it for you. So he fucking Terry Fox is that shit. Um, perhaps or perhaps not. Okay. Does he die? Man, I told you I'm not gonna fucking tell you. So stop <laughs> asking me. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, Chris. Stop asking me. Get kid. Um. Yeah. Okay. So one week. Uh, let me guess. Do the American ladies do the theme song? No. No, they didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, people have been fucking. It's, it's all the soundtrack is basically all these Canadian bands, man. It's, a lot of tragically hip on there. Um, I think they did a track, but to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I well, it's they're just, not going to be doing any more tracks because Gordani's dying. So that was. I, I, I have. Soon, I but. have to admit. Uh, I don't listen to the radio a lot on the commute but i i did today and have you heard their single in a world possessed by the human mind by who by the tragically hit no this thing came on the radio today and i was like you know i'm not a huge hip fan mm. but this thing almost had me in tears man just just with the whole context of what's going on with that band right now it, it, it again it, listening to this song is is kind of haunting knowing what we know now you should check it out it's called okay. In a World Possessed by the Human Mind. I will. It's a good track. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to check that track out. But the truth is I probably never will. I, know I don't really will. like the Tragically Hip. I know. Um, I did in high school. I liked Fully Completely. I thought that was a good... I still love Fully Completely. Okay. But I just kind of... I I don't know. You know what, man? I'm just thinking about this now because I haven't actually really thought about the hip in a while. I was going to make kind of a smarmy but joke. But this is my whole point. I'm mm. a bit passionate about this. Mm. Um, I say I'm not a fan of the hip. I, You know what? I say that about a lot of groups. I'm like, oh, I'm not a fan of them. I'm not a fan of them. Mm. But how can you not be at least a bit of a fan if you know all their songs? That's true. You know That's all their songs. Very you know all their lyrics. You can yeah. sing along with anything that comes on the radio. Very good point. So the, it's, you know, maybe they're just um, like a, a part of you at some point, you know? As you're making a very good point. Yes. I think that um, I admit I know a lot of Tragically Hip songs. And yeah. they, there are a lot of Tragically Hip songs that are... Um, perfectly aligned with certain moments in my life yeah so i remember like in grade 11 you know arriving to my high school at 8 a.m and seeing my friends playing cards or euchre yep and listening to greasy jungle by the tragically hip yep or coffee houses where people would play you know tragically hip songs mm -hmm. whatever they might be and wheat kings wheat kings I think that was one of the very first songs uh, I learned. Oh, to be fuck. With you me. know what? I'm I'm doing a complete reversal on this. The yeah. Tragically hip are as Canadians as it gets. I, I just think it's weird because I'm in the same boat as you. I mm. I, I didn't actively purchase any of their music, um, but they're notable songs <laughs> for moments for me. Like I love the track Bob Cajun. Love yeah, that good song. Tune. Uh, their track Flamenco mm -hmm. off Trouble in the Hen House is mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. 
um i think the very one of the very first cds i was ever exposed to uh was my brother's and that was road apples Mm -hmm. so there was a track on there i think called fiddler's green and that yeah that's a good tune that i i remember pretty you know, All right, they have a bunch of okay. They're a seminal Canadian band. I take back everything I said. They are a, a cultural treasure for the country. Yeah, and now I feel a little upset that Gord Downey is sick. But man, I'm telling you, listen to this track, and I was like, "All right, super, all right, I'll listen to it." Super down in the car, man. Like just thinking about like, wow, this 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 uh, whole thing could could come to an end soon. You know, I really hope it doesn't. I hope he gets like you know awesome quality of life for a while, but. Uh, yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking today. I don't know, man. I was thinking about this the other day. What other band is as associated with the identity of Canada as the as the tragically hip is? I don't know about bands, but you know, you had Stomp and Tom. That was like, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Stomp and Tom. I mean, but like, I felt like the hip really encompassed all of Canada. Yeah. Not just, like, and I mean it. Like, I mean, from like Vancouver to to Halifax, yeah. to Newfoundland, you know, like they were kind of universally Canadian. Whereas Stomp and Tom, as much as he's a complete cultural treasure, something that is very precious as well, I just thought it was a bit different with him. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It is different. But and, and Anne Murray is different. And yeah. uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot and... is different. And Bruce Coburn is different. And like, you know, that's what I mean is I was going to say like maybe Sloan, but even Sloan is, I don't know, you know. I don't know. That's up for debate. I, guess. I, I just think you know what they. Th- I, I maybe at a certain point, but I don't think that's held up now. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I remember when they, you know, they were first coming up, and it was Murder Records that they had, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of that East Coast stuff was happening, and it was really exciting. It was really mm-hmm. exciting for Canada when yep. that was happening. But you know what I mean? It's 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 it is different. It's different. It's slightly different. There's yeah. sort of a, a legacy here with the hip. I think. I, think, I can't believe yeah. we've dedicated this much time talking yeah, about them. Yeah, what the them, fuck? But how about Trooper? <laughs> yeah. How about April Wine? How about a Triumph? Rick Emmett? How about Sven Galley? No, but for no. Two. Wait, I have a serious thing to say. Okay. How about I Mother Earth? They okay. got back together on the weekend with Edwin. They did. No, they didn't. A fucking show. You're lying. Tri- no, dude. Fucking pull out your iPhone and check it out. I was on Instagram yesterday because I follow I followed Jag Tana, I think, or Christian Tana on Instagram. Yep. They fucking got back together. The other guy like bounced out and selling insurance for State Farm. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> State Farm's getting some yeah. pretty notable people. State Farm insurance. <laughs> anyway, Edwin got back together. Edwin, I guess, quit his do- job bartending at some bar in Toronto and was like, "All right, I'm gonna sing in this band again." Hey, but Edwin was in a band with Mike Turner. Yes, and... doing I Mother Earth. I covers. know. Yeah, I know. But they actually they got the original lineup of I Mother Earth back together. Okay. Also an incredible band. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't know I Mother Earth, go fuck yourself. Get on iTunes right now and buy Dig and get fucking acquainted with this band because they were a big deal in the Toronto rock scene in the early 90s. You got to do this. Okay, they got back together and they played a show. at, at, at I think it was at the Horseshoe in Toronto and fucking killed it. Yeah. They fucking killed it. Those musicians, man. Who, okay, so it's is Bruce Gordon there? Yeah, it's, it's like, well, I don't know. I I think so, but it's so definitely Chris, it was Chris, Edwin, and Jag. Jag. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that is another right. band that are definite moments, you know. Dude, like, no kidding, yeah. man. I remember being at Porter Hall at Carl- Carlton University. They were touring behind Scenery and Fish, which was yeah. their second album. Yeah. And I crowd surfed for the first time. Yeah. And I'll never forget, like, somebody like reached up 
and literally punched the top of my dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. While I was like surfing, right? And like, I didn't hit me in the balls. <laughs> okay. Just hit the fucking tube. Like, just hit the, hit my, <laughs> hit the shaft. Okay. But not even the whole shaft, just the tip of my dick. Okay. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that hurt, but not like it wasn't a testicular pain. It was more like it fucking punched my skin. You know, bad news. So yeah, they were an amazing band, like incredibly talented, incredibly proficient on their instruments. I think I saw them twice live, and I remember thinking, "Wow, those musicians are incredible." Edwin was kind of shaky though live. I think. Eh? Well, he's he's he sang in in such a high range. Yeah, you know, and like anybody. See, this is the thing, man, because I saw Seal once in concert live. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, and he can't fucking maintain that shit. No. You know, la, da, 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 <laughs> da, 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 da. You. You. Yeah, like he can't do it. That happened? His well, voice he broke. Just, and... he, like near the middle of the, of the concert, mm -hmm. he wasn't doing Kiss from a Rose, but he was. Uh, yeah, you know, they're gonna survive. You know, that's that, yeah. that, that's a, such crazy. A great, that's a great song, but he yeah. was like playing that. And then there's a, 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 like a part of the song where he just goes off like a Mariah Carey fucking yeah, yeah. rainbow jazz, you know. No, fucking, you're never gonna stop. Yeah, like yeah. incredible. And, but he was, he was pitchy. It, okay. It was something was off, you know? So, did he do one of those things where he just holds the mic at the audience? Now you sing. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the typical way to fucking cop out of yeah. that shit. But you know, someone's struggling when they're like pressing their ear to yeah. try to hear their inner voice, yeah. you know, the voice in your head. So, yeah, I mean, Edwin had a bit of a rep for that, you know, but he sang on the higher, the higher end of the register. It's kind know? of a, a weird story with them, too, right? Because I remember they broke up and it wasn't. Like it, it wasn't, wasn't amicable. It wasn't yeah, good. And then he, yeah, but Edwin, then had, you know, we spent the next three years cracking jokes about Edwin and the pressure. Yeah, but dude, he was kind of successful with that band. He was, yeah, yeah. Like when it was just Edwin, it wasn't Edwin and the pressure. They were awful, but yeah. it was just Edwin when he had that song like Alive and like, Alive. Yeah, and that was a weird, weird time. That was a super weird time because I remember, <laughs> you know, it was I'm Mother Earth, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know is, oh, here's a video. And it says Edwin. Yeah. And he's skydiving and, and like fucking jet skiing. Playing ultimate and shit. Like yeah. fucking being super athletic. Yeah, yeah. And but you know the weird thing though about Edwin now is so I I like, you know, I don't know if, if you ever do this, but I was like you cruising. I like to call it you cruising. Yes. Like I hinted on this a few podcasts ago. Yes. But I just like just kill some time with some YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And I was watching old I Am of the Earth live performances and then okay. new Edwin performances from like the last two years. Yeah. And it was kind of sad, man, because Edwin and his band doing I Am of the Earth covers were playing places like the Brass Monkey, like basement bars. Yeah. And like bars that were kind of resto bars, like mm -hmm. they were like Broadways and like, you know, like for the neighborhood breakfast joints and shit like that. If you're interested, this band was called Crash Karma. Yeah, Crash Karma. That's and right. it was uh, the bassist from the Tea Party, right? No, it was Mike Turner, Mike Turner from Our Lady Peace. Yes. Edwin. Edwin. It was um, Stuart What's-His-Face from uh, the drummer from the Tea Party. Drummer from the Tea Party, yeah. And the, sometimes the bass player from the Tea Party was in it, but they had this other Baba Ganesh in it, too. Okay. It was like not anybody notable. But they played a medley of songs. They didn't just stick to yeah. Our Mother Earth. They, no, they played, played Our Lady Peace Our songs. Our Lady Peace songs, Tea Party songs. So it was, was kind of like a weird Elseworlds crossover. No, man. It was kind of like, a, we need to pay our mortgage. <laughs> yeah. 
and we're but broke. they're paying them like i i i didn't like seeing that because it's it felt like a novelty <laughs> you know it felt like a novelty like it, it, it was cheesy almost so man i don't know man it, it was i feel fucking old when i think about that shit seriously yeah that was like 20 years ago you know that's another thing i kind of wanted to talk about man okay is when i was sick i was like just laying on my back a lot of the time going like fuck I'm at that point now where I'm halfway through my life and things are happening all around me that I'm grumpy about. Okay. You can never, ever criticize me for watching Dan Bell videos ever again. (laughs) That is the most depressing shit I've ever heard in my life. But please continue. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. No, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you're having moments these days of introspective. I can't help it. It's like creeping up on me. It's weird. Is it because you're content, so you're allowing your mind to just think about like yeah, different maybe, things? Maybe and... I don't know, but like you know, even the other night, uh, my wife and I had no kids. Okay, you know, all the kids were at their, you know, doing things. So were you thinking about like eventually when there's no kids in the house, dude? The other night we were talking. That's about, terrifying. Like, we feel like we're having like early empty nest syndrome to some yeah. degree. But yeah, that was uh, you know. I, I, it's funny you mentioned this because the last few days I've been going like, what's retirement going to look like? Why am I thinking about this? I'm only 39. This is insane. What, <laughs> yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. You know? No, you got to, you got to think about this stuff now though, but yeah, I just like, you know, and like Sarah and I were talking about like, Oh, maybe we'll get a condo, you know, like when we're retired and live downtown or maybe we'll live in the woods. Maybe we'll live in Almont, you know? Yeah. You know, maybe we'll move to Boca. Hey. <laughs> Hang out in malls all day. Perth is nice this time of year. No, but a lot a lot of people do that, right? They go out and live in the country or they yeah. go live downtown or whatever the case is. But increasingly I've just been finding my my ability to be able to not criticize millennials has been diminishing. <laughs> Man, you hate millennials. No, Why? I, I really don't. I'm just I'm I I I talk to my friend Trevor about this all the time, which okay. is like I think the older you get then the more naturally critical you are of the younger generation. That's all I think it is. I mean, it's yeah. the, the millennials are no different. We're we're just being curmudgeonly. Well, when we look they at are the- different. Give me a break, okay? Oh, oh, They're well, fucking different. Okay, because Trevor was fucking arguing with. If Trevor's listening to this, fuck you. But no. Trevor, get on this program and defend yourself. Yes, I know. I'm just joking. Don't fuck yourself, Trevor. But because Tre- Trevor's always we call I I call Trevor Trevor. Devil's Advocate Keely, because I'm a bit like that too. Yeah, go fuck yourself too. Anyway, <laughs> so Trevor was like, "Oh, it's no different than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's been going on for a, a thousand years." It has. Yeah, I don't think so. And then I'll tell you why. Okay? Why this? The last 20 years is fundamentally different for one reason. Okay. The internet. The internet alone and technology have taken such a quantum leap forward that it has affected and informed the new generation's entitlement in a huge way. Everything is immediate. And this is also a generation to some degree that is, that has been like, I'm not that far off from being a millennial myself, Mm -hmm. but like this in, and science proves this like sociological science proves this, that this generate, the millennial generation has been the least exposed to any adversity. Even family adversity, like divorces and stuff like that, even though that's been on the upswing through the, through through, the, through this generation's upbringing. Okay, there's there's also been the big you know uh, child psychology movement and all of these different things. So they've been they've been afforded the most trauma free 
trauma-free experience, okay. which to some degree has informed some patterns when it comes to buying things and frequenting business and how they do certain things and some of their expectations at a college and stuff like that. Okay. So I admit, you know, I'm just being a grumpy asshole, but like, I just think that it would be, would it, you know, if you talk about the internet, I, I don't think it would be any different if our generation growing up, look, the bottom line is when you're young, you have a lot of energy and you, you believe that everything that you think and say is relevant and mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you provide the internet to voice those things, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing if uh, a lot of people really? are. Well, I mean, it, it people drive me crazy. Man, with some you just of the got back on Facebook like what two weeks ago? You haven't even been on it for a long time. I know. Have you seen any political discussion on Facebook? But that's the thing, right? You you have to learn to avoid the things that are are like the comment section in on news. You know, if you go on news sites, you can't go out read the comments, right? No. And the people <laughs> that write the comments on the news sites also have Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts, so. Yeah, I think you just kind of have to learn to, you know. Uh, I don't believe that shit at all, man. You want to get right in there and battle people, right? No, like, I don't. I you did. Don't? Like, yeah. I think everybody at the beginning had the, that knee jerk reaction to go, oh, yeah, yeah fuck me. Fuck, fuck you. <laughs> fuck me. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But this is the thing is the medium of social media, mm -hmm. which is um, written form, which is it's immediate in written form. Yeah. It's not verbal communication. It's not verbal back and forth. It's not like what we're doing right now. Yeah. It's one-way communication that's posted and observed and then responded to mm -hmm. in a one-way capacity. Yeah. So it's it's really just like a big leaderboard. It's like a big fucking ticker. Yeah. That's really all it is. And I just don't think it's ideal for real discussion or being able to sit in front of somebody and like look at their facial expressions and here and yeah, allow them I, to continue speaking and like, you know, watch and observe inflection and hear them out fully. Like it's 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 just cheap, shitty communication. That's really what it is. Yeah, but you know? all I guess all I'm saying, I was thinking about this uh this week too, is you know how you hear that constant complaint all the time? You know, why do I even watch the news? It's all just bad news and it's all terrible and right. this and that. Well, I think that's this this whole social media thing is in a lot of cases a knee jerk reaction to that man. You go yeah. on there and there's a lot of positivity on yeah. there. Yeah. You know, positive news stories, positive, um, you know, you know, inspirational things. And you hear people complain about that too. Oh, this is so cheesy. It's so garbage. <laughs> We're not happy with anything, man. All I'm saying is, I you know, I don't think that if we had this big megaphone back in 1994. We would be any different. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Well, maybe. I mean, if Man, you, have, it, it, you I, have a DeLorean, let's go back all right. to 1994. I don't have a DeLorean. We'll, we'll bring a fucking MacBook it's with just, Facebook it's, on it. It's human nature to get up on a soapbox, man. I guess so. But, like, dude, like, come on. It's. You know? it, I mean, it's extremely powerful, and I don't think that people really understand the power that it has yet. It, well, the power to influence people, the power to upset people, the power to inspire people. And I don't think that's been adequately explored. Well, I definitely think it has the ability to do that. Yes. But I think, you know, I don't know. 
I just, I just don't I want you to be super I, down about it, man. I'm not going to be down about it. I was it, but down I just, about like, it. Can we be yeah. honest for a second? Yeah, though? Yeah. Like, if we're going to yeah, have yeah. a real fucking debate about this, yeah, yeah. let me tell you this. Okay? okay, the newspaper business is dead. Yeah. Okay, the integrity of journalism has been severely diminished as a result of like the necessity for clicks and for readership and the fact that like like being a journalist, man, was like a noble profession. Mm-hmm. It was an objective profession. It mm-hmm. was a. It was. You know, you you didn't side with anything. Your fucking political, you know, inclinations and your personal beliefs had no room in in like a in a newsroom. Yeah. Your job was to objectively report the facts. Period. Fuck anything else. Yeah. And that was like that was a good thing. And that's I'm sorry, but that's just not how it is anymore. No. I don't care what anybody says. No, there's it's definitely taken a fall. Fuck yeah. I remember. And like I hate it when people argue this. Like it's the same. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. Every major news outlet admits this, that it's not the same. Well, it's a giant rush for, for the story, right? So yeah. there's been proven cases when you know mainstream media, reputable media, has reported, sorry for the term, has reported hogwash because they needed to get that break first. You yeah. know, some someone threw some BS up on Twitter and it's, you know, get there first, get there first, put it up. Yeah. Don't verify, don't verify, just throw it up just in case. You so know, this is my point is yeah. that so, so now the media has turned into more of a um, of a timing mechanism. It's about frequency and mm-hmm. it's about timing as opposed to quality and accuracy. Advertising was a lot of advertising is another, and it's a reaction to the fact that they can't monetize the media that the way that they did before. Like, no one's out fucking buying newspapers. Mm-hmm. You know, who's out buying fucking newspapers? The fucking monocle man from the Monopoly board because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. even know what the internet yeah. is. Yeah, you know? it's like being on railroad and reading railroad and the Chicago Tribune for $200. <laughs> so, you mentioned that, uh, you know, I just recently got back on Facebook, and I'll tell you very honestly that that's mm-hmm. the whole reason why I was not on it is I was very cynical about things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was constant cries about privacy, about, right. you know, just all the regular things. Right. And I got back on because I wanted to make a music page, mm-hmm. which I still haven't done, mm-hmm. Procrastination City. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really trying to look at it differently now. And, well, and that yeah. you, you as a user of these things have mm-hmm. the ability to filter the things that you don't want to see. Or That's you, true. And, you know, that I agree with you that um maybe the the media has you know it's changing just like everything is changing because the internet stores are closing uh the music industry is completely upturned Mm uh movies you know Mm -hmm. uh but you know that's that's i guess that's all i'm saying is i don't think that this is a generational thing i think it I don't think you can blame a generation for trying to catch up as well to all of this stuff happening. Really? I can do whatever I want. You know why? Why? Fuck you. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It's not a, it's not a, you know, whatever. People say frustrating things. I'm just saying that's not localized to a, a certain generation. Let me go the other way. Okay. I'll tell you this, though. Okay. I was at the fucking farm boy at the Blue Heron Mall yep. on the weekend. And why is it, when every fucking time I'm there, the elderly generation is so incapable of parking cars within the lines. Why does that happen? Why, why are you watching? People, why are old people driving? Why, why are you taking tabs on these things? I'm so fucking grumpy. <laughs> I was just fucking sick as balls for a week and just fucking life is going through my eyes. Like, it's just, it, everything's moving so fast. I went to the Maryville Mall yeah. on the weekend yeah. and I was like pointing out to my wife, I was like, 
I used to work upstairs at a kid's party place called Jim Jam. 25 years ago. Ah! I yeah, was like, no, no yeah. I don't want to do That's crazy. That's crazy, man. That was like fucking over 20 years ago. Yeah. Man, life's whipping by. It's it like, is whipping by. I'm done with this shit. You how know? do you... How do you... I don't mean I'm done with life. I just... You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. Oh, my God. That, that's not wood either. God, where's the wood? Is that uh, wood? Maybe. Okay. That looks... That could possibly be wood. It better be wood. Um, we should probably wrap it up, man. It's been over an hour. I think that was a good conversation, though, man. I'm, I'm willing to meet you, uh, you know, halfway in a lot of the points that you're making. Meet I'm, me halfway. I, I just think that... I don't know. I'm trying to be more positive and more for like not forward thinking, but I'm I'm trying to be more positive about the future. I guess. Well, there's a lot. I, mean, I can't a lot make of, fun of that. Yeah, you know, you gotta. Why do you always have to fucking do that, Todd? What? Well, it's just like you you pull out this like genuine nice sentiment. I mean, I have no fucking ability to make fun of that. I just think that you know you you have a very good life. Yeah, and you have, have an amazing awesome life. kids. I have you have an awesome kids. kids. You're, amazing uh, kids, amazing children, uh, uh, amazing wife, amazing life. Yeah, man. So amazing parents, amazing everything. So why are you letting people bug you? I know. Fuck it, eh? What the fuck's wrong with me? Cheer the fuck up, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Let's, anyway. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, have a good week, Chris. Have a good week, Todd. Later, buddy. Bye. <laughs>